right, take four is the ticket, CB. Take four is the ticket, and unto thee a ticket of welcoming. And unto thee a born day of goodness. Salutations and goodness unto thee, a day is born, <laughs> also unto thee a good day. Do you do you enter like a meditative trance as you're saying that? Because your eyes shut closed. My eyes. Yeah. yeah, I can't look at you, man. You look like a monk. <laughs> That is a swing and a Wim Hof. A Wim Hof. Yeah, that's a swing and a Wim Hof. Speaking of Wim Hof, yeah. what are we covering today? Breath. And unto thee a breath is born. And also a, bre- a born breath unto thee. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about them. Breath is. Yeah, so, so breathing. Yeah. One of those things that I ha- I thought I had dialed in life. Turns out. You're right. Swing and a Wim Hof. Oh, another Wim Hof? Yeah. I thought this was one of those things like the cranberry juice story you were telling <laughs> earlier before we started recording where it's like you were doing this thing your whole life and then realized you were doing it right. Just naturally. I only I only speak that way to you. So, so to the general populace, I'm going to say I did it wrong, but I've been doing it right. Yeah, that's there we go. There we go. Can you share the cranberry story? <laughs> For another time. <laughs> For another time. That's one of those high caliber stories that the more we play it up, I think it'll actually meet the caliber of story that it is. Yeah. So you're not predicting a Wim Hof on that one? <laughs> no, okay. it would be a home run and probably we should tease it a bit because it's such a stellar story. I think so. Yeah. So we'll just keep building it up. Build it up. Yeah. Build it up. Turns out with breath though, in all honesty, mm-hmm. wasn't doing it right. Am not doing it right. Yeah. Um, but got some ideas for how to do it right. Yeah, I wonder what that looks like. What about you? How how's your breathing? Oh, it's you poor. doing it right. I think it's on the the scale of awful to superior. I think it falls more in that awful range. Does it? Yeah. How yeah. come? I'm just uh, breathing through that mouth all the time. I got that long pointy schnoz and a small mm-hmm. mouth with misshapen mm-hmm. teeth. Ah. You know, so I'm just breathing through my mouth all the time. Breathing through your mouth. Tell you who's got it right. Who's got it right? Wim Hof. Yeah, Wim Hof, knocking it out of the park. Wim Hof. Yeah, take us through the story of Wim Hof a yeah. little bit. So he he was born in uh, 1959, a bit ago. Okay, a few yeah. years ago. And uh, many people know him. He's uh, he's kind of like a, what would be the word for him? Like uh, kind of an endurance expert. He's an endurance expert. Okay, we'll yeah. roll with that. Yep. He can endure uh, feats of extreme cold. Yeah. And he does it predominantly through uh, controlling and managing his breath. Come on. So he came to understanding both the sensational connection to being in the cold and his breath through some pretty significant life experiences. Yeah. yeah did you know Wim when he was a young, a wee young lad? I, I didn't. I wasn't alive in the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> But heard about him more recently. <laughs> but I can only imagine what he was like as a wee young lad. Yeah, what would you imagine? Uh, like kind of the uh, burgeoning endurance expert type. You know? <laughs> How, what does that look like? Yeah, as a, as a wee young lad. Yeah. Probably very driven. Uh, yeah, very goal-oriented. Very uh, looking at his performances. Uh, it's important to him. Maybe competitive in some ways. Yeah, I don't know for sure. I don't know. This is just, I'm just talking my bump bump at this juncture. <laughs> just shooting from the hip. Yeah, man. I'm just imagining what's a wee young Wim Hof like? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I got. Okay. Well, I guess we'll go with that imagery. So really driven, dedicated. Um, Maybe not though. Who knows, man? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm not for sure. I know in his early life. So in early adulthood is when I know a little bit more about him. Okay. Um, he loved exploring and traveling 
and he actually met uh, his wife, well, he, who, who ended up being his wife, a woman named Olea is what he, is how he referred to her, but it was Maryvelle Maria. And he met her and they, um, they would travel and spend time together, go explore outdoor places. Um, during that phase of life, that early phase of life, he actually had some encounters. There was a time where he described like seeing a pond that was covered with ice and having the desire to jump in. And he jumped in and he said it was so sensational. He remembered it for the days that followed, um, that it was exhilarating essentially. He didn't have like any specific controlled breathing, but just the experience of himself just was so sensational that it um, kind of imprinted on his memory. Yeah. Um, so then he met this woman who he ended up marrying and they had what was described as like a very close and intimate relationship. Um, they ended up having four children together. Um, but unfortunately she suffered from depression and some reports indicated she may have experienced things like schizophrenia or other types of disorder. And she ended up dying and she died by suicide. And so the type of relationship that's described in his life and the way that he speaks about it is that it was so close and intimate and valuable that it was a really profound, profoundly impactful experience in life, traumatic, traumatic experience in her life to have her pass away, to have his four children that he was then a single parent of Mm. was very traumatic. And so he fell into a bit of grief and he had remembered the exhilarating experiences of the cold and began to seek out experiences of being in extremely cold water. So he, he, he actually wrote, there's a quote of his that says, instead of being guided by my broken emotions towards stress and sorrow, the cold water led me to stillness, stillness of the mind that gave my broken heart a chance to rest, restore, and rehabilitate. So he began to like really connect to these exhilarating experiences and he learned that in order to tolerate them, that he could endure even longer by controlling his breath. He learned that he could influence his body temperature and that he could um, yeah, manage the sensations of his body in extreme conditions through his breathing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which you, you may have seen. Yeah, have you seen videos or have, have you yeah. come into contact with Wim, Wim yeah. Hof? Uh, I think through the book that we're that we'll be referencing more later, um, but also then a lot of his videos on YouTube and yeah. then just seeing what it, what that looks like. Yeah, yeah, it's very intense. Like when he ramps himself up yeah. or breathes very heavy, very yeah. specifically. Totally, I get this feeling of like, oh, he's gonna pass out. It's kind of the same feeling I get when I watch people deadlift lots and lots of weight, and I'm like, <laughs> dude, that dude's head's just gonna explode, or that yeah. person's head is going to explode. Yeah. I kind of feel like that with Wim Hof when I watch him breathe. Yeah, it's very intense. Yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah. He had, I mean, he's had intense experiences in life. There was a time when um, it was in 2000, so just a few years following the passing of his uh, former wife, he, uh, he, he had dug a hole and swam through the ice and was under a solid plate of ice and his corneas actually froze. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So then he couldn't see, he literally could not see because the water was so cold that his eyes froze essentially. And a rescue diver actually had to jump in and grab him. And, uh, he had been fumbling around searching for the exit hole and had long passed it. And the emergency diver, uh, I think he, he ended up going unconscious and the emergency driver diver had to like grab him by the ankles and then hurriedly, 
yeah. pull him out through the exit hole and save his life. That's pretty staggering that he survived that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting because the way he kind of has a frame set in his mind because he, he describes that experience as helping him overcome the fear of death because he, yeah, he was, I guess, close to death. And so then yeah. he, yeah, over he says he doesn't experience a lot of fear of death because huh. of that. Yeah, that's really interesting. So frozen corneas, yeah, underwater, uh, freezing temperatures, below freezing. Yeah. He's probably thinking, uh, this is it for me. Yeah. But to be fair, it was nine degrees this morning in Flagstaff. Yeah. And Wim Hof would probably be pretty cold in the nine degrees too. I would think. Yeah. Because I mean, I was cold in it. And uh-huh. so... So Wim Hof also. Yeah. So like, I see you kind of putting yourself on the same plane as Mr. Hoff. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Hoff. Mr. Hoff, yeah, Mr. Hoff, D- Dunny Dan and Mr. Hoff, Dunny Dan same, same, and Mr. Hoff, yeah, same, same. same no, nah, he's a different level, man. Yeah. Corneas freeze, almost drown in in an swimming in ice. Yeah, um, but that just frees you up in life. Yeah, yeah, that that'll I guess either uh, intensify a fear of death or just put you squarely past it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess he went that direction, huh? So yeah, he ended up actually creating kind of a both an image and a brand out of this, but a business entity where he helps people to understand how to manage and control their breathing. Mm-hmm. He actually has three pillars um, that he identifies as helpful for him, both in his well-being and in enduring extreme conditions, those being breath, cold therapy and commitment, mm. um, and breathing for him. It's a combination of a rapid succession of breaths, like what you were describing. So it's this rapid succession without pauses followed by releasing breath and not taking a new breath and then holding breath for a period. So he has these exercises that are actually very specific in their intervals. Mm. And when you take in air and let out air, um, it can be a little bit controversial, his approach, because there's such this uh, specific process that he has for it. Um, And it, it does require like more capacity and a degree of mindfulness to tolerate changes like that. So to control your breathing in that way, it's going to fluctuate your heart rate, your body temperature, and you have to be pretty self-aware of what's going on physiologically to response to it. Um, And his exercises, they they combine basically like agitated breathing with relaxation to build an ever-increasing endurance to that. So it's a little controversial because it's like on the extreme end of how we how he can use breath mm-hmm. to control things like his heart rate and body temperature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a incredible. I guess for me, and listening back to you describing the story of Wim Hof, for me, it's interesting to hear him go this direction with his experience in profound grief, and then also, yeah, um, I guess the experience of him finding himself under uh, ice. Yeah. Water. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had that experience? I have not. Okay. That, that doesn't sound like one I, I necessarily want to uh, dip my toes into. Yeah. I don't want to necessarily try that one out. Yeah. What's the coldest <laughs> bit of water that you've been in? I would probably say the Colorado. Yeah. yeah. That'd be my guess, but I don't know that. Like mid 40s ish. Is that what that? Yeah. I think it's usually mid to upper 40s. 40s. Yeah. Low, low 40s? I think it gets down to like 42, 43 maybe. Yeah. yeah I don't know. That's yeah. cold water. That's hard to, that's hard yeah. to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Takes your breath away. Takes your breath away. But, I mean, we've also... I'm trying to think if I've ever been in, like, uh, like frozen ponds and that sort of thing. I can't think of a time, but... 
I wouldn't rule it out completely also. Yeah. Yeah. I did have the experience where in real life I've seen someone jump into a frozen pond. Yeah. Yes. I was over at uh, Thorpe Park there, Francis Shore Pond. Yeah. And I was sitting on the bench there and um, a young lad and two young women uh, who the lad was with were just a, a little bit away from me mm-hmm. and I heard them coax him into uh, jumping into the pond and I think to demonstrate his own uh, strength and endurance yes he took off he took off his shoes and there was ice on the pond um, but there the part that he jumped in at uh, was near the shore didn't have ice on top of it okay. but he took off his shoes and jumped in with his clothes yeah his pants and Ooh. his shirt yeah I wonder what that was like for him. <laughs> it just looked, emerging from well, the water. So I don't know what it was like internally, but based on observation, what I watched, it looked incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. And I, I go away from the experience. I'm not entirely sure that those two nice young women weren't, were really impressed by it either. I don't know that it achieved oh, man, really? really what the goal was. I think there was mild, but there was also a lot of laughter. Uh, um, got him. <laughs> <laughs> got him got that young lad oh man oh man yeah. just can't a man just jump in the freezing water and like impressing folks man not in this day and age maybe not the route to go that's uh, a tough life lesson to learn yeah so maybe uh don't do that yeah i got you maybe he could have maybe he could have benefited from some classes with wim hof yeah that would have been impressive yeah if he just goes straight wim hof jumps in that joint and just sits there calmly. Yeah, I think everyone would just be kind of in a state of shock. Yeah. What is happening? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, you mentioned <clears throat> there's a book about this topic. Yeah. Yeah, James Nestor. James Nestor. James Nestor. He wrote this book. It's called Breath, The New Science of a Lost Art. Really fascinating, good book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed reading it. I think I read it about a year ago. Mm-hmm. So it's been a minute. Um, for me, something that I remember when I was reading the book was just how interesting it was to read about the history and the like biological evolution. Yeah. We'll get there a little bit, but James, he speaks to taking an interest in researching this topic because he was uh, watching deep sea divers hold their breath while diving, which was a primary component to that, uh, behavior. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, those deep sea divers that learn to control their breathing in order to stay underwater longer and go deeper long periods of time. Yeah. And so I think that piqued his interest and then that was something that he went to, uh, went to research. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Isn't he, he, he's like a science writer. So he went out to write about them and then was so impressed by that. Yeah. And that drove a lot of his research. And so he starts the book and kind of speaks to the history or biological evolution of humans. And talks about, like, I think he even goes all the way back to saying humans were sort of like uh, single cell uh, organisms that were eating oxygen, Mm -hmm. which to me, uh, I don't know if your mind goes here, but creating an image of that in the mind is really fun. (laughs) Yeah. What's the image in the mind? It's just like this little tiny worm. (laughs) Just just gobbling oxygen. Gaping mouth for (laughs) for air. Totally. It's a funny image. Not a good look. Not a good look. Yeah. So uh, I guess we've come a long ways. Some of us might still look just like that in some some ways also, but yeah, yeah, we've come a long ways as humans. At any rate, um, so through the work of, of James Nestor researching just what it's looked like over time, a lot of bi- biological anthropologists have studied the skulls of humans and how those evolved. And uh, what they're saying is that the evolution essentially uh, earlier, 
there's a more of a flat face, or sorry, over time kind of created more of a flat face with a smaller mouth and misshapen teeth. And uh, the smaller mouth essentially correlates with a smaller uh, airway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so they're saying that this is likely evidence of uh, diets changing over time, mm-hmm. is my understanding. And so like having uh, diets that were more soft, eating softer food, not having to chew as much on like really rough, hard food, mm-hmm. uh, sort of resulted in this smaller mouth. Yeah, smaller mouth, less air, smaller mouth, likely because of uh, softer foods. Softer foods, yeah, yeah. And I think weren't they showing something to the effect of like uh, early skulls too had like wider noses mm-hmm. and were able to intake more oxygen through the nose? Um, if so, I remember right, yeah, I remember, yeah. So wider noses. Now we got these long pointy schnozzes, huh? <laughs> yeah, flatter face, longer pointy nose. Yeah, looking like a bunch of bird beaks. Uh, that this is essentially how I'm getting breathing wrong is the way that my facial structure is and that my body is currently through the process of evolution and the types of food that I've eaten and my ancestors have eaten that uh, breathing well requires some intentionality and there's some specific things I can do to improve my breathing. Is that is that right? There are some specific things you can do to improve your breathing. Um, one thing that's really good about breathing through the nose essentially is it produces filtered, heated, moistened air, and that helps the infrastructure behind the nose. Mm-hmm. Also helps filter out pollutants mm-hmm. more than breathing through the mouth. So breathing through the nose is one of those big keys. Yeah. How do, how, how are you doing with that? Uh, not good. <laughs> not, not, not good again. Why yeah. not? Not good again. Come on. <laughs> uh, just one of those compulsive mouth breathers. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky for the world around me too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh that, the, that term's taken on a real negative connotation <laughs> mouth mouth breather. Breather. Yeah. <laughs> yes. you're sure man can a man just get some air to his body jeez yeah uh, but um something i'd be missing out on by breathing through my neck breathing through my mouth so much would be these correlates to improved conscious mindful breathing and um, some things that come along with that are improved sleep decreased stress improved activity performance reduced anxiety improved focus and concentration lower blood pressure and the reduced risk of illness. Yeah. That's pretty remarkable that, that literally your breathing can have the influence. So all of those have been demonstrated through scientific studies. And so something as simple as breath can have such a prolific influence. Um, for me, I always think about sleep. Anything that helps with sleep in our current day is a benefit from what I understand sleep behind socialization is one of the biggest impacts to cognitive functioning and overall well-being yeah yeah and so if breath is affecting your sleep it's going to affect what's going on for you cognitively socially mood wise yeah overall well-being i think i hear you pitching in a future quick and nerdy episode sleep sleep Sleep? yeah sleep man it's a tough one for people it's a tough one for me at times oh for sure man this society yeah absolutely yeah Absolutely. So breathing in that way is helpful. What James Nestor, um, I think in my memory, what he described essentially is there's kind of this uh, mathematical symmetry Mm -hmm. to breath. And so if you are organically breathing through your nose and taking in 5.5 seconds, um, you're breathing out 5.5 seconds. It averages about 5.5 breaths per minute, 
and about 5.5 liters of oxygen. Yeah, come on. Yeah, it's kind of like the Fibonacci sequence. Totally. It's like uh, that organic part of nature yeah. where there's a rhythm, a symmetry to it all. And explaining the balance through mathematics. Yeah. Yeah. That is pretty uh, fascinating that they were able to tune that down to uh, five and a half seconds mm-hmm. in how that averages mm-hmm. five and a half breaths per mm-hmm. minute. Uh five and a half liters of oxygen. Mm-hmm. And so uh, then it becomes like, uh, so obviously it depends on what outcome you're looking for. If you're looking to stay alive from one moment to the next, mm-hmm. breathing anyway um, will likely lead to that. So yeah. if that's your outcome basis, mm-hmm. uh, you're doing it right. Yeah, we're, we got it, man. We're, yeah. we're, we're achieving that outcome. Yeah. yeah. If you want to improve your breathing, where you can experience some of those other correlates, like improved sleep, decreased stress, improved activity performance, reduced anxiety, improved focus and concentration, low blood pressure, and reduced risk of illness, mm-hmm. then there are certain specific strategies. So breathing through your nose is key. Mm-hmm. There's that symmetry to 5.5 seconds uh, in and out. Yep. And so you can intentionally pay attention to those. Um, and there are basically five things, including some of those things I just mentioned, but there are five points that James Nestor emphasizes. Two of those involve not breathing through your mouth. And then the second one being breathing through your nose. Yeah. Those are the first two points. (laughs) Point one, do not use the mouth. (laughs) Point two, use the nose. Yeah. Yeah, There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Which, um, I don't know that he needed to couple those two. I don't know if those need to be two separate and distinct points. I would hope anyone choosing not to breathe through their mouth. Chooses the nose. (laughs) Yeah. 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 What other options? The ears, I guess we were saying. I guess the ears, I, what I would say to that is if you figure out and yep. you develop the skill and possibly evolve in a way to utilize your ears, maybe document that. Yeah, document that. Reach out to us on Instagram or if we can find you somehow, we'd like to get you on a Beyond Flag interview. <laughs> yeah. Learn the secret to breathing through your ear holes. Yeah, yeah. So don't breathe through your mouth. Do breathe through your nose. And then he has these three other points that James and Esther addresses to create that conscientious, intentional breathing that will improve your breath. Yeah, he talks about improving your lung capacity, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, proper posture is a big one in that. Here's another one where a swing and a Wim Hof on my end. Uh, Posture-wise, yeah. Posture, yeah, Yeah. posture is a big one. Speaking of our personal trainer. Yeah, he. uh, I remember him, I guess it was just shy of punching me in the back, but it was like (laughs) getting me to put my shoulders down. (laughs) But it felt like being punched in the back. (laughs) To him, it may have been a a light pat. I think it was a light pat. To me, it felt like a deliberate punch to the middle of my back. With the purpose, essentially, just to get me to lower my shoulders. Yeah. So apparently, we sit with my, we sit with our shoulders and our ears ears all the time. That's what he says. Yeah. No wonder we can't breathe through our ears. Our shoulders are in there. He says that we huddle into the chairs. Yeah. (laughs) We huddle into our chairs. Yeah. Like a ladle and a bowl of soup. Yeah. Yeah. So posture. Yeah. So like soup in a ladle, I think he says. Soup in a ladle. I don't think we're the ladle. The ladle has structure I and posture. I think we're the ladle and the think, bowl of soup. I think we're the, I think we're the soup. <clears throat> I misunderstood that. I thought we were the ladle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me highlight what he's trying to say to us when he makes that comment. 
is that uh, similar to soup, we take whatever form of the object we're sitting in. Got it. Yeah. I thought it was we took up so, somewhat, like, such a little amount of space in the chair that yeah. it was like a ladle like that ladle. barely sits in a big bowl of soup. Yeah. yeah. With a long handle. So we're like the long handle. Yeah. yeah. And that kind of curves and uh-huh. we got our shoulders yeah. and our ear. I, I mean, I, I guess I could see that. I yep. think more. We can double check way. with him. Yeah. We can double check with him. I think he means we're like soup. In a ladle. Yeah. Let's run it by him and see where it goes. Yeah. And, and hopefully we'll avoid getting punched we'll in the back again. So improve your lung capacity yeah, through that. proper posture, which means like sitting upright, mm-hmm. holding your chest. The way I think about this is, yeah, I have to remind myself when I'm thinking about this to roll my shoulders back mm-hmm. and to straighten my back. And yeah. I, I'm really poor at this as well. Yeah, for sure. So that was a big one. And then another couple components that he throws in there. One is exercise mm-hmm. and two is yoga. Yeah, so all of these for lung capacity. So that's point number three of James Nestor, right? Blammo. So do not use the mouth. Yeah. Use the nose. Improve yeah. your lung capacity. Yeah, and then what's uh, four? Point slow four. Slow down. Yeah. Got to slow down. Um, so he talks about taking longer breaths and taking lower breaths so that are much more calm and controlled in their nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you think about your breathing, breathe through your nose, bring long, longer and slower. Longer and slower breaths. So. Okay. Yeah. And then lastly. This is an interesting one. Yeah. Okay. No. So something good for the breath is to hold your breath. Yeah. Yeah. Con- consciously. Yeah. It turns out unconsciously is not helpful. That's like sleep apnea. Yeah. It's like sleep apnea. That also kind of produces a little bit of like a fight, flight, freeze uh, experience within the body by holding yeah. your breath. Yeah. If you're doing that unconsciously. Yeah. So to hold your breath, to take moments where you hold your breath, this is similar to what Wim Hof has developed, but less, much less intense and aggressively. So yeah. it's like to take moments at times where you consciously hold your breath mm-hmm. and then let it out. That increases your capacity. Yeah. You know, there's an interesting, for me, I go through phases where I swim for periods and periods where I don't. And when I go back to swimming, I can recognize how much quicker I need breathing, need Mm. breath. And then after, if I'm in a routine of swimming, I can do more strokes without breathing. Um, And I think it's just from the practice of going to the pool that where you have to control and manage your breathing. So exercises where you're intentional or focused on your breathing can be really helpful. For sure. And that would be, that would also contribute to the improving lung capacity Mm -hmm. component that Nestor speaks to. Hopefully. I mean, if you're doing it right. Yeah. Which swimming I am not. No, that's no. not one of that's not the cranberry juice. Right? Right? Yeah. 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 Swimming. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I think, I, I think the lifeguards take videos of me when I'm swimming in the pool and then, uh, load those up on TikTok oh, for perfect. what not to do. Oh uh, yeah. So just quick call, shout out to all Flagstaff lifeguards with videos of Dan flailing in water. <laughs> yeah. Please send those to uh, beyond underscore flag. What you refer to flailing, Dan refers to as swimming. Swimming. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Very good. So those are the five components. Yeah. Strategies to uh, improve our breathing. Yeah. We do have some, some cool things. I actually would encourage people to read our description because we have two things that can be really helpful, I think. Mm-hmm. One is there's actually a link where you can take a quiz to see how well or not unwell you are doing with your breathing currently. Ooh, we should do that. Yeah, I did it. You did it. Yeah. What did you learn? I was like a B plus. So oh. I wasn't as bad as I thought. Dang. But um, a little less good than an A minus. Yeah, not A. 
Not B, a range. B yeah. plus, man. Well done. So what are some of the components of that? So it takes in components um, like your age, gender, height, weight. Um, it tries to describe and then define what style of breathing you do out of vertical, horizontal, or hybrid. And we'll go into descriptions of those so you can um, properly answer. And then you have to measure your sternum um, on a deep inhale versus a deep exhale. And, okay. and all of those are really doable. It takes like 15 minutes worth of time. It'll produce a score with really good descriptions. So you can check out that link to see how well you're doing with your breathing. Right. Very cool. And then secondly, we have mindfulness apps, breathing apps. Um, so mindfulness apps that have breath work specifically. Um, two that I like to use are free. And so I like them. One's from UCLA and one's from the VA. And so they're free and they're also um, based in CBT. So they, they have empirical support for the actual um, exercises that are guided on those. Okay, very cool. Those will be listed in the description here for the pod. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, quick thing. Shocker that your favorite apps are free, huh? Yeah, hey. that's right up my alley. Come on. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, good show. And then um, lastly, just to throw in there too, the book itself, Breath by James Nestor is great. And in the end, he he has all kinds of uh, strategies for breathing and lists out ways that you can do these different methods mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Do you remember incorporating or trying some of those? Man, I, I, I was talking to you earlier about when he, he refers to runners mm-hmm. trying to run and breathe through their nose. Mm-hmm. I tried to do that, man. I found it so difficult. Mm-hmm. It was really difficult for me. Uh, I could probably get like a two or three breaths in before feeling like I was going to die mm-hmm. on the side of the road. Yeah. 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 Wow. Especially in our area. It'd probably be a little bit more difficult in our area because of the altitude. Yeah. 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 It's good stuff. I'd really, yeah, again, recommend the book for everyone to check out. Yeah. James Nestor, too, has um, YouTube videos. We may link to one or two of those, but he actually goes through some of the exercises on video, too, which is helpful. So, okay. so yeah. Blammo. All right. Well, well thanks for uh, taking us through breath, Dunny. Yeah, thank you. You are more than welcome, and unto thee also a welcome. And unto thee a... Welcome to thee for the rest of the day. And the day will be welcoming unto thee for the welcome day. And why don't you take us out by shouting us out? No doubt. You can always find us on the interwebs, www.beyondflag.com, flag spelled. FLG. And you can find us on the IG, beyond underscore FLG, and the Twitter bots, beyond underscore FLG. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Take care. Love you.